today's Matmonim Shir, I describe at the beginning of the Shir the scale of the Matmonim project, what it is that not only are we planning, but is actually already into implementation and the value that this will have not for only each of you who uh, I have the privilege of counting among the people who learn with me, but for other people in the future, uh, whether educators or individuals or rabbis, scholars, men and women who want to understand a particular topic uh, and th that we deal with in the Matmonim through the angle that we take in the Matmonim. And I describe the uh, not just the scale of the project in terms of the work involved, but also the need that we have for partners to help us take it on, whether they're uh, partners in, in small amounts that each person can manage, um, or it's partners of somebody taking on a big section of the project and undertaking to uh, to subsidize that for us. Uh, in any event, I really do need uh, your assistance and your partnership as we take this project forward. I do want to express my gratitude to the uh, three people, really, who've been responsible for funding what we're doing up until this time, uh, as well as for friends both in the United States and, and here in Israel who have made contributions along the way, have sponsored a shiur or have just of their own accord given support uh, as, as we've moved forward. Really appreciate that from each of you uh, and from anything that you're able to do in the future. Uh, I like to think of you as my partners, uh, not just in your learning with me and, and stimulating the ideas that I have the honor of sharing with you, uh, but also in making it physically possible to distribute this uh, work to as wide a group of people as we are reaching at the moment and to many more people that we hope to reach in the future. Uh, thank you very, very much and have a, an easy and a successful fast. Where less is more, mistapek bumuat. There are two parts to the Shir this morning. The first part is from life, the second part is from the Gemara. The part from life is that I have to tell you, uh, uh, Steve, I hope I'm not going to embarrass you now. I have to tell you that this morning I took the paper out of my printer and I put new paper in its place. And there's a reason why. Because the paper that the Mercurius are printed on is a very special paper. And you should treat it with a lot of respect, not because of what's written on the paper, but because of what the Torah is, what paper the Torah is written on. The paper is important. Why is that? Because yesterday after the shir, Steve came up to me and he said, who's paying for the paper? Where does it come from? And within two hours, Steve was not only at my front door, but in my study, with two big boxes of paper which he'd put down next to the printer so that I wouldn't have to move it an inch. He'd walk through the streets of Rainana in the heat of midsummer with two big boxes of paper. And then he said, oh, and I haven't even thought about the ink. Why is that so important? It's important because we've had together over 700 shiurim. We've learned for nearly three years. There have been over 100,000 listens to the shiur. There have been over 100,000 downloads of Shiurim over that, three, over that nearly three years. And yesterday was the first time in the three years that anybody said, how's this happening? Who's putting it on, online every day? Who's paying for the editing of the sound? Taking out the little pauses so that when people listen to it, they don't waste time on, on, on pauses. Editing the sound, formatting it putting it up on YouTube, 
Who's doing that? And Baruch Hashem, it's through the, uh, the generous efforts of, of three families who are associated directly and indirectly with this shear, who've made it possible for the, last, for the last two and a half years. But that's not all. What we're busy with at the moment is we, we have a team of people that's led by Rabbi Victor Blumener, who is transcribing every shear and translating it into Ivrit. And we'll have it searchable and tagged so you'll be able to look for a shear on a topic, on a Yom Tov, on a Posik in the Chumash, on, a, on an idea in Gomorrah, not only by the dapping, but also by topic. And building a website that will house the audio and the video and the written material of all of these shear. And Raboy said, that's going to cost us a million dollars over five years. That's what it's going to cost. And it has cost us a, a fortune just to, just to enable these 100,000 downloads. And yesterday was the first time, apart from these generous three families, yesterday was the first time that somebody came to me and said, who's paying? And the million dollars that I'm talking about doesn't include my time. I haven't taken one cent for any time I've put into Torah or rabbinics or any, any associated involvement since I've come to, to Onalia. Not one cent. That's apart from my time. That's what it's going to take to do it properly. Who's going to pay? And there's a very bad middle that's crept into our communities. We wouldn't go into a restaurant and have a meal without paying. We wouldn't go to a movie without buying a movie ticket. We wouldn't go to a store and, and take out an item without, without paying and checking out. But when it comes to our shuls all over the world, this is an issue. There used to be a time where everybody belonged to a shul and paid serious membership fees to a shul. And with that, they could build the infrastructure, they could pay the rabbonim, they could have sforim, they could do what needs to be done. And today, Baruch Hashem, we have many, many, many shuls, and people use them. How many times does anybody stop to say, who's paying for all of this? What's my share in it? Where's my investment in it? And so the, the matrimonium is just one little, it's, it's, it's throughout, it's in everything. And so yesterday was, Steve, was a very important day for me. I drew nachas the entire day. I enjoyed it. And as I said this morning, I changed the paper because this paper is paper that is, has chesed in it, that has mysterious nefesh in it, that has thoughtfulness in it, that has tzedakah in it, uh, and it's something that, that, I, that I appreciate enormously. And I hope, as people hear this, uh, somebody said to me just the other day, when I, he had no, no clue that there was any cost involved in all of this. Uh, we don't think about it. We don't think, how does it actually happen? A hundred thousand listens over, over two and a half years. How does the Torah get to this, this hundred thousand people? Well, these hundred thousand downloads are a hundred thousand people, but a hundred thousand listens. And it's three, three, three families who have the schus of enabling this particular style of learning, the chidushim, the divrei musa, the inspiration. We have the schus of getting it to those people. But as we go forward, if we want to do the project fully as we do, uh, we're going to need a lot more support than the support that we're getting from these three wonderful families. And, and, and the moral support we get from you, the fact that you're here every morning, that you're listening, that people are listening to it, that's enormous moral support and encouragement. I don't want to belittle that in, in the tiniest little way. Uh, you, you are invested in your time and in your effort without, without a question. Uh, but, but going beyond that, not, not just to the people who are sitting here, but to the people around the world, uh, we've got a big idea. 
it, it's already having enormous impact, and we would like to we'd like to fulfill it, and we're going to need we're going to need partners partners in order to do so. So I hope that people will contact me and and help us out and and help me out. It would be something that uh, that would be enormously valued. That's the first part of the shoe. Second part of the shoe is from the Gemara and and a lot of I gathered him about health and what to eat and how to eat and if you get sick, what you can eat and all very difficult things. And the Rambam says, in any case, in each generation, you listen to the medical experts of the time. Um, but there's a theme that comes up over and over again on Daf Ayin Abadalif. There are four examples of it where the Gemara seems to emphasize the importance of sufficiency, of restraint. Of holding back. If you fill your stomach up with anything, it doesn't matter what you're eating, you get ill from that. Eat a third of what you eat, what you need, drink a third of what you need to drink, and leave a third of your stomach empty. Rabbi Chia says, If a person wants to not have illnesses of stomach, related to stomach, when you're having a meal that you're really enjoying, you're out for a good meal, and the steak is great, and everything's really beautiful, and the food is amazing, stop before the end. Hold back. Don't have to finish the last thing in your plate. Shmoyne says the Gemara, there are three things, eight things that Ruban Kasheu Miyutanya fed, that if you have a lot of it, it's bad for you. If you have a little bit, it's good for you. Ve'eluhen, derech, travel. It's good to travel, but not too much. Derech her, it's good to have intimacy, but not too much. Osher, wealth, it's good to have wealth, but not too much. Melacha, work, yayin, sheino, chamin, akazas dam. These are things that it's good to have, but not too much. And that's the idea of mistapek bumuat. I don't think the idea of mistapek bumuat to be satisfied with a little, as they translate it, I don't think that, that term appears in Chazal. I don't know that it appears in the Gomorrah anyway. If anybody knows where it is, I would like to hear about it. I don't think that it is. We have other forms of it, and the Sifre Musa speak about it, about mistapek bumuat. But what I want to learn today is what does that really mean? What does mistapek bumuat really mean, and why is it important, and how to do it? So the idea of mistapek mu'at, what does lihistapek mean? It doesn't mean to be satisfied with a little. Mistapek doesn't mean to be satisfied, or it doesn't only mean to be satisfied. In Gemara Shabbos, we've got a, a piece of Gemara that says if you've got a pile of, of, uh, of flour, of, of produce, that you've piled away and you've put it in the storeroom, it's now mukta. But bismanshit chilba merev Shabbat, if you began to draw from it before Shabbos, mutali stapek mimenu b'Shabbos. You can draw from it throughout Shabbos. So what does mistapek bumuat mean? Not be satisfied with a little bit, but to draw from a little bit. Further on in Gemara Shabbos, Rav Yehuda says in the name of Rav, Lulam yim kor min alim sheberaglav v'yaspik mehen tzorchei suda. If you've got no money for food for Shabbos, sell your shoes. It's important that it is to have shoes, the Gemara says. Sell your shoes and draw from the money from the shoes. V'yaspik, draw from the money from the shoes in order to buy the food. We see that in, in Bracious when Eliezer is, is testing Rifko at the well. She finished uh, giving him to drink. I'll give them the, your camels also to drink until they're finished drinking. The Targum says, I will fill for your camels as well. 
until they've finished, says Rashi, what does that mean? They have eaten what they need. So means draw what you need out of small things. That's what mistapek b'murat means. It doesn't mean satisfied a little. I've only got a little, I'm satisfied. I've got no ambition. That's not what it's about. It's develop the capacity to draw a lot of nourishment out of a little bit. As it says in, in, in Parashas Bechukotai, when we see that the brocha of achaltim lachmechem lasova vishavtim laverach bayatzachem, says Rashi, what does it mean to eat your bread to satisfaction? It doesn't mean that you'll have a lot of food in Eres Yisrael. It means It means you don't need a lot of food. It means you're able to draw a lot of nourishment from, from a little bit. I once had a, 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 an African taxi driver, in, an Uber driver in Washington. I was asking him how it was. He was from Ethiopia, not Jewish. And he said, no, he doesn't like it in America. And I said, what don't you like in America? What did you have in Ethiopia that you can't get in America? He said, food. I said, you had food in Ethiopia that you can't get in America? He said, no. He said, when I ate in Ethiopia, the simple food we had, I felt satisfied. In America, I can eat and eat and eat and eat, and it doesn't satisfy. And that's why people eat too much. There's no brocha of ochel kim'av who mitbarech b'meyav. In America, there's a brocha of plenty. There's, there's abundance. But that's not what brocha is. Brocha is you don't need abundance. Brocha is your abundance is in the area of ruchnius. Your abundance is in spiritual things. Your abundance is in your generosity. Your abundance is, not, is in what you contribute, not in what you consume. There's no brocha in having to consume abundance. The brocha is in being able to find enormous nourishment in small things, in small amounts. That's brocha. And that's the meaning, Ezo Ashir HaSamech Bechelko, what does it mean? An ashir is a person, a wealthy person is one who's satisfied And the way to read that, everybody, if you ask somebody to, to read that phrase, they'll say, Ezo ashir person who's satisfied with what he's got. That's not right. It's hasamech bechelko. Says the Mishnah, because you can see from where the Mishnah learns it. The, the pleasure comes from eating something you've earned, eating something you've created. Benefiting from something you've made. That's the simcha. To find joy and nourishment in your own efforts, your own chidushei Torah, your own insights, your own efforts with other people, your investments in your family, your investments in your business, your own hard work. Find simcha in that. There's joy in that, that it's yours. That's the thing to be joyous about. Not in the object itself, but in that it's yours. There's a, the Pesach in, in Kohelet, The sleep of a worker, of a laborer, is sweet, whether or not he eats a lot. doesn't matter, but he can sleep well at night. But the fullness, the satisfaction of the rich person doesn't let him sleep. He's always worried. And I heard in the name of the Chassam Sofer a brilliant reading of this posuk. A person who works, who's earning his own living, can sleep at night. He's got whatever he needs. He's got what he wants. He can draw an, an enormous amount of brocha out of the little bit that he has. What makes him unable to sleep? What makes this poor man unable to sleep is he's worried about the rich man's, what the rich man's got. 
He's spending more time worrying about what the other person's got and he hasn't got rather than enjoying us. And so much of our unhappiness is by looking at other people's success. And now, particularly with social media, all you get bombarded with all day if you're involved in social media is other people's fake success. What they're doing and what they're doing. Nobody puts their failures over there. Nobody puts their struggles over there. Just see what they've got, what they've got, what they've got, what they've got. And each time it's things that you don't have. And that causes you to have sleepless nights if you would really just judge yourself by your efforts, by what you've put in. Each of us has that capacity to do, to earn, to achieve, to accomplish. Go to sleep at night saying, my goodness, look what we've accomplished. A hundred thousand people have listened to the Matmonim Shir. A hundred thousand times the Matmonim Shir has been listened to. What does it worry us if they're bigger Shirim, if they're more people? Just focus on what, on what you've accomplished. You guys are here every morning learning with me, inspiring me to prepare. And through that, a hundred thousand other, the Shir has listened to a hundred thousand times. That's something to be proud of. Each of us in our own work, in our own area of work, However much learning we've got, we don't know the whole of Shas. We've learned one Masechta, we've learned one Perik, we've learned some Mishnais, it doesn't matter. Just look at what you've accomplished and realize where you've come from and where you are and find pleasure in that because you're a worker, you're making an effort, you're investing and the sleep is sweet. If you'll just allow yourself to go to sleep being proud of what you've accomplished. Instead of looking at people who are wealthier than you in whatever area of accomplishment it is, and that's that's when you can't sleep. Because you're measuring your success against other people's, you're not measuring it against your own efforts. It's not yegiya kapecha kitoichel. And the Rambam, you know the Pekdalad of Hilchus Deus is his whole area of, of medical advice. Uh, and he says there in Alochet Tetvav that... Um, this ties into our physical fitness year the other day. Anybody who sits in comfort and doesn't make effort, doesn't work physically. Even if he eats well and he keeps himself according to the principles of, of medicine, he'll be weak and in, and in pain. Overeating is poison for everybody. And it's the worst thing for all illness. And he goes on and he says, A person who watches, who guards his mouth and his tongue is guarding his body and his being from, from tzoros, from pain and suffering. If he watches his mouth not to eat too much, as the Gemara says on our daf, to leave something behind. When you're having a good meal, leave something behind. But then the Rambam adds a strange thing, not to speak other than what's necessary. Don't say, say too much. Go on a speech diet. We go on a food diet. That's important. What about a speech diet? Careful about what you say. Why does that come into Perik Dalet of Ilchus Deus? That's not about physical health. So you see the integrated holistic pr approach of the Rambam. They go together. There's the same benefit. Holding yourself back from eating something delicious is the same self-mastery as not speaking when you want to say something that's destructive or just wasteful, just varim batelim. And the, the, the Rabbeinu Yonah says on that, on, on that posuk in Mishle, Kizemina madrigot He learned that it's not for physical health. 
Yes, it's good for physical health as well, but the most important thing is it's self-mastery. That's what's important. When you're in the middle of a meal and you've actually had enough, you stop, you know that in half an hour, if you stop now, you know that in half an hour you're going to feel full. But there's still a, there's a whole lot on your plate. To be able to say, had enough, I'm finished, I'm done. To be about to say something and to hold it back, that's midata prishut. That's what prishut means. Prishut means being able to hold back, being able to master ourselves when our bodies want more, when our instinct wants more, to be able to say, but it's not good, it's not right. Whether it's not good physically and medically, or it's not good morally, it's the same form of self-mastery. Somebody who can't master their physical impulses can't master their emotional and their spiritual impulses either. It's the same characteristic of self-mastery. And that's the meaning of mistapek bumuat. Mistapek bumuat doesn't mean being satisfied with little. It's being able to find pleasure in little. From a little gesture of Steve yesterday, I have had a full day of pleasure and joy and a half a matmonimshir. Out of one little gesture from a sunset, from a pretty flower, from a beautiful piece of fruit that one eats, and one says a brocha, to be able to find nourishment in little things, to be able to draw a lot of energy from small experiences, from small observations, from small items of nourishment, to be able to draw energy out of that, just to stop and pull the energy out of it, not just to pass over it and let it pass in a way where one hasn't sucked the energy out of it. Mistapek, draw from. That's what mistapek means. Draw your energy from mu'at, from little things, because that will give us the power and the energy to live lives that are impactful.